Well, Jay Nichols is right in the middle of this bait. He's an actual professor. He teaches African American Studies at the University of Maryland. He's with the show. Professor, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Tucker. So, it seems like kind of a would be a baseline for a university to have pretty much absolute freedom of speech, a prerequisite for freedom of thought. What's the point of having Well, I think, number one, in society, we don't have complete freedom of speech. السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته. What's going on, the BBs? I'm Suraj Hashmi. I'm Jack Kobe. We're the Habibi Bros. Welcome to another episode of Habibi Power Hour. Now, as always, uh, if you haven't already, go ahead, hit the like and subscribe button, and go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter at Habibi underscore Bros. Jay, how you doing? I am doing wonderful, sir. How are you doing this Tuesday? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, I'm very excited to see you get messed up here uh, drinking what exactly? I am going I'm going a little different. I'm uh-huh. usually drinking bourbon all night, but to be a little balanced tonight, I'm mm. going with vodka and Red Bull. It's a little bit very of both nice. mixing it together. Very, very nice. Very nice indeed. Speaking of balance, we want to bring in our guest for this evening, uh, the very the invaluable the 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 honorable dr jason nichols doc get in here how you doing here how you doing buddy chilling chilling how you guys doing good man it's good to see you it's been a minute yeah no absolutely i'm glad to be here with you and you and jay it's 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 uh a world's class so though for those of you who aren't aware uh jason and i did a podcast all throughout 2020 as well as the bb power hour Called the balance and so it's just like the, the the worlds are colliding here but you can follow jason uh on twitter at dr jason nichols he is also the host of the daily callers podcast it's the vincent jason save the nation i remember doing it once a couple months ago so that's a fun podcast jason you guys got a good thing going yeah no thanks uh we're we're really excited about it we think it's gonna grow one day you know we look up to you guys we want to be like you know, the, the Habibi Power Hour and get those cool graphics and, you know, and do all of that. So, hey, man, know, growing slowly. We're always, we're always here for you, brother. So if you if you want to if you need uh, any advice on on that end or any graphics, I'll just uh, submit Jay's. Okay, yes. As long, and if you need if you need like fuzzy camera work, if you need, you I'm know, wrong timing, if you need any of that kind of stuff, we got you. We, we were right you. here for you. Uh. uh <laughs> so Jason, uh since the last time we actually had you on anything Habibi related, that was election night, November 3rd, 2020. We're almost a year into or, uh, almost a year removed. What has been your sort of your takeaway almost what? We're almost like 9 months into the Biden administration. How do you yeah. think he's doing? Um I thought he was doing pretty well, um, but, you know, middle of the summer or middle towards the end of the summer, he hit a a really rough patch and he hasn't found a way to get back from that, partly because um, Democrats are just so terrible at messaging. Like they are really bad. Uh, It's almost as if they run from their own accomplishments. But 
you know, Afghanistan was a was a debacle and a terrible situation. There's no way to sugarcoat that. Uh, they fumbled the ball there. Um, been a couple other things um, that I think are just kind of political, you know, stuff. You know, when when you've got like the situation with vaccine mandates and COVID. But I think the right was able to turn the corner after you know months of hammering them with January 6th and saying the adults are back in the room and that things are under control. And then after Afghanistan, uh, that argument you know just doesn't fly anymore. So I, I think Biden's struggling. It's showing in the polls, but um, I also think that we're a ways away from midterm. So I think you know, he can come back from this. Like, it's not like he's he's done for. He needs to get those independents back. So he just needs to uh, pass some good legislation, get this build back better thing going, get the get the whole infrastructure thing going. And I think they're they're in a much better shape going into uh, 2022. What do you think he's been doing well, though? What do I think he's been doing well? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he was doing well up until the summer. What was it during the spring, like the the rest of winter and springtime that he was actually doing well, in your opinion? So in when I say doing well, of course, I compare it to the to the last administration. (laughs) Of course, of course. (laughs) um, So basically not being a headline is kind of doing well. You know, what okay. I mean? That's not not causing waves all the time. And in a way that was kind of lowering the temperature. And I think even Republicans wanted a high temperature, couldn't get one. They had to send the my pillow guy out there, and, like trying to get some kind of controversy. Um, of course, you know, the migrant situation, which I think immigration is always going to be an issue. It was an issue in 2018. It was an issue in 2019. Um, we kind of took a break for 2020 because of COVID. Um, but, you know, I think what people miss out is that there was a big backlog and, you know, started to kind of creep up around March of, of this year. And then, you know, we had the, the big Haitian migrant uh, push in Texas. So I think he, he did a good job after January 6th, kind of lowering the temperature um, managing things well, the economy was was kind of coming back. Uh, we looked like we were. I thought we were in a relatively good place as a country. Um, and then Afghanistan happened, and you know, and then the migrant situation <laughs> happened. And I think he's he's going to have you know there are going to be a lot of attack ads about that. Um, that he, so he's going to have to pass some really good legislation really soon. So, Jay, and this is sort of, uh, you know, your turn to, and, and Jay, I know this is going to be a very difficult question for you. Has there been anything in your view that Biden has done right? I know you're going to say no, there hasn't been a single thing, but I want you to think hard about this one. Has there been one thing, say one nice thing about Joe Biden? He looks good in aviators. <laughs> does he really does look good at every to to jason's point like i agree to that extent on where he wasn't making headlines um but there were a lot of issues that he had before afghanistan but i think that was the 
that was that was the 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 straw that broke the camel's back or uh, Straj's mom's back because because I think there's a lot of things boiling up to that point for people to see that there's a lot of stuff being mismanaged by Biden and this was just like a huge huge fuck up um, and it was huge enough for people to actually comment on report on and actually showcase that this was a real big fuck up and um the migrant situation as well and there there was an ebb and flow flow to it but i think he allowed for for it to get worse i think he allowed to for it to get worse through policy through his rhetoric and now that it got as bad as it did they had to reinstate trump's policies on the border because of how bad it was and trying to deter more people from coming into into the border um it like economy wise i i think they fumbled it big because of more shutdowns more more mass mandates more hindering the the economy but i don't think it's all of biden's fault mm -hmm. uh what's happening uh especially like what's what's happening at the port what's happening around it's not really his yeah. his fault per se because there, like Jason was saying, there's a there was a huge backlog on on manufacturing orders because I come from manufacturing, so there's a huge backlog on manufacturing orders, um, just normal normal uh, product orders and all of this stuff, especially from China when they were having their because when when COVID hit with China, mm -hmm. it was their New Year, and they weren't saying that it was because of COVID that they were closed down. So their new year, usually they're closed down for 10 days or even less. I five thought, to 10 I thought days. their new year's in like in is like in the middle of to late January. Is that correct? Or is it or is it rotate every year? I think it I, I don't think it's in the same because COVID place. broke out in Wuhan October. In like November. October, November, yeah. Yes. And they but they they definitely have a like a fall festival, do they not? They got it. I think so. I think I think I'm mistaken. I think you're right. I think it's yeah, some I, sort I, of festival or something. But but they they they. they, they with your upset, I'm I'm surprised with your obsession over Asians. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't uh, able to get this, this one is, right. This is, hey, look, Japanese one. aren't Chinese, man. Come on, they don't all look <laughs> the same. Please. But what I was saying is, is that they were they were coming up with a lie on why they were shutting down when COVID right. was break was outbreaking. And as that was happening, there was a huge backlog on orders and stuff that was coming through. There's, there's more than 70 like uh, carriers out there, almost 70 oh, yeah, carriers. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. And each one can hold up to 15,000 containers, 15 that's to 21,000 containers. And there's a backlog. I mean, it takes four weeks, it four to six weeks for it to get here from China. And then it's five to six weeks waiting to get off of offload it and then off to the to the manufacturing company yeah. so what's happening with with that kind of stuff i can say that it's not really his fault that no. what's happening it's a but covid the, i mean it's I think, a COVID I think situation I, well i mean but that again this is where i push back on because you can look at our uh, you know policy on covid just either federally or statewide Wherever the ports are, I assume they're all the ports are along, you know, Washington, Oregon, and California. Um, that being said, you have to, if if there is an issue with putting people back to work, you're putting COVID restrictions on pe on on port workers. 
and offloading all these containers from these shipping boats. Uh, I mean, that policy directly impacts whether we can actually offload all that shit. Jason, am I getting this wrong? No, I, I think that that sounds about right. The reason, but I would agree uh, more with Jay that- Whoa, 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 that's not allowed here. Right. That's that's not good. That's that's you that's don't do good. that. No, no, don't do that. that. <laughs> I agree with Jay in the sense that um that's kind of a global phenomenon. First of all, um, in terms of the backlog and you know, they're saying like I was reading somewhere that the price of containers themselves is like literally through the roof right now. Um it's, uh, I, for an empty container, it's fifteen thousand dollars with nothing in it, no product in it, no nothing, just to get the container. It went from three thousand to fifteen thousand dollars. Holy shit! Yeah, I mean everything is just uh, kind of going haywire, and uh, I think you know when we talk about this electorally, people are going to blame Biden in the United States, right? But that doesn't mean it's his fault. And in terms of the economy, if it weren't for Delta. The economy would have already been back. We would be, I mean, we're damn near at full employment now. I think, what were we at? 4.8% unemployment. Yeah, but they've been missing the target. They, 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 that was a, how, it was a big many, miss. Like, they missed a, it by yeah. almost 400, I think 325, 400,000. Yeah. We only added 200,000 jobs. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say again, um, that I think a lot of that is due to the spread of Delta, the Delta variant, particularly in Southern Republican controlled states. So I think there's a narrative to, you know, for Joe Biden to get away with this in some ways. But the problem is, you know, because you look at a state like California, which was out of control with the first uh, wave, but they actually have the lowest amount of, of COVID cases in the country, I believe, right now, the lowest yeah. COVID infection rate. So yeah. when you talk about those southern states, you know, the Floridas, the Arkansas, the Alabamas, the Mississippis, you know, all Republican controlled. I think Biden has an argument like you guys weren't listening to me, but yeah. they're so terrible at messaging on yeah. almost everything that I think the American people are going to blame them. You know, there are a lot of states that had Delta somewhat under control. And those are the states that were largely vaccinated and, and things like that. So uh, we definitely missed a lot of opportunities, uh, you know, and we didn't add as many jobs as we would have liked. And there were a lot of problems there. Um, but I think that there's a way we, that he could do what Trump did so effectively, which was offload blame in other places. And yeah. in this case, it's actually genuine. Well, yeah. I don't, I will push back on that a little bit because like in terms of cases, there's a difference between cases, hospitalization and deaths, sure. I find. And there's going to be a null that's happening right now in Florida. Florida is not as bad as people are, are making it out to be in, uh, in terms of cases. I mean, just because if you do it in per, pure numbers, yeah, they're going to have a lot. In terms of cases in pure numbers, California has more than than Florida or Texas, in terms of cases. But per yeah. per one hundred thousand, um, I think I think Florida is like in mid. It's like I think it's tenth or even lower. Than, well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, uh, it's interesting. So 
so I'll give you an example. Florida had a massive surge like in the midst of August. No lockdowns. No, they didn't do anything differently, and it's already back down to that pre-surge. Like so, the same. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, like, if you look at the actual numbers, those numbers are down. Well, I mean, and and if we want to look at say, that's new cases versus uh, deaths. Deaths rolling seven day average is 150. Last time it was that high was uh, right before, I, I guess, right before August. So things are coming. It's it's interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. And this virus is. It seems like it's endemic. And at this point, and I, I've made this point quite a bit, is if it's endemic. Why are some people still in lockdown mode? If it's going to stay with us, Jason, then shouldn't we just go ahead and continue to take precautions and just live our lives as best as we can? Um, yeah, I, I think the key thing that you said there was to take precautions. Um, yeah, but you know, everybody, everybody like takes precautions by like not you know touching a dirty door handle or you know like the stuff that you normally did before COVID. You know, Jay, did you just lick your hand? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> Anyways, Jason, sorry to cut you off. No, I, I, I think um, one of the reasons we're seeing cases go down, I think we're under 100,000 per day, uh, which is a good thing. Um, we want to get down even lower. And in terms of hospitalization, you know, even though I, I think it was Mississippi, Mississippi, you know, if it were its own country, would be like second in the world in in, uh, in hospitalizations or something like that. Um, I, I think Florida, number one, started to improve because it got a lot of resources from the federal government, including Generon, Generon, monoclonal antibodies. Yeah, so I think that 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 was a, a lot of it um, was them getting those resources. And now the federal government is saying, okay, you're doing better. Now we need to spread out these resources around the country. Um, yeah. I think also people in Florida and in other states, uh, even those Southern states, there were some smart people who started to actually be like, you know, maybe I should get, maybe I should get vaccinated. You know what I mean? Now yeah. I understand the, the hesitance, you know, how, how people are hesitant to agree with vaccine mandates. I get that, you know, um, I, I don't, I don't love it. I'm not as opposed to it as some other people are, particularly in certain fields. Like if you work in a hospital, I think you should get freaking vaccinated. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you work on a shipyard, yeah, maybe not. Maybe you can just yeah. get tested weekly. Um, but I think in a hospital, you need to be vaccinated. You know, uh, when you, are dealing with cancer patients or people who are immunocompromised, um, you know, I think. Yeah, I think I think there's some people who are very responsible given their field, and yeah, there's some people who are irresponsible. And ultimately, I it's interesting because you've seen a lot of healthcare workers who refuse to get vaccinated end up either quitting or being fired. And I'm curious, Jay, do you think that's going to, you know, we already seen this level of precedent. Are we going to see it so that you have massive labor shortages in, say, like the field of healthcare, uh, in in teaching? I mean, they're going to be people who are just going to be out on. There was uh, 
on the streets basically looking for work and it's going to all depend on whether they're vaccinated or not. There was a report, uh, I think it said that 4.6 million people quit their jobs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spencer, thank you. Uh, Spencer, our producer, says 4.3 million Americans quit their jobs in August. And also, in August uh, itself. And in August itself. 4.3 right. million. That's crazy. And also, the uh, just for the jobs report, 235,000 positions were added, and the expectation was 720,000. So thank you for that. Right. Anyways, go ahead, Jack. But yeah, I mean, that's a testament to vaccine hesitancy. And you're, you can't tell me that 4.6 million people who decided to get uh, to quit their jobs are all Southern state, you know, Trump voters and all that kind of stuff. That's not that's not what's happening here, especially when it comes to vaccine hesitancy. Um, I don't I mean, the you can you can argue that there's a majority of Southern states that, and populations that don't want to do it, but it's not every single one of them. And I agree with Jason on how there should be certain areas of uh, people who work like NFL players. They don't need it. Healthy, healthy uh, kids going to school. They don't need it. You don't need to do a vaccine mandate for K to 12. You don't need to do a vaccine mandate to people who are, who are healthy in the NFL. Maybe, maybe you need to do a vaccine mandate for people who want to go eat McDonald's every every lunch and dinner, uh, <laughs> dinner break. But uh, healthcare workers and stuff, there should be in that industry and within private hospitals and private uh, companies. It's to their own discretion, in my opinion. If they so want to lose, yeah. if they want to lose out on the employment and and cause this sh uh, shortage to their own dime, that's up to them. And yes. it's it's getting crazy. I mean, I have um, my girlfriend. She she's a doctor here in California. Thanks, Ben Shapiro. Uh huh. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys know. I don't go. I don't know if you guys know, but my uh, my girlfriend is a is a doctor. Uh, uh we have uh, Jay Shapiro joining us right here. Thank you, thank you, Jay Shapiro. <laughs> my girlfriend's a doctor. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Aloha, Aloha.